Heavenly Father, we come before you in this morning hour, perhaps weary from our experiences of the week, perhaps discouraged, or perhaps encouraged by what we've experienced. And we pray that you would come and be with us in this day, that you would provide each of us the strength that we need for this day, that you would provide direction from your word, that you would provide your spirit's fullness, that we could not only, that we could hear your spirit speak to us, and that we could be strengthened and encouraged through the power of your spirit and through the promise of the spirit that we can be one with you, that we can have a relationship with you through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would come and be with us in this day and empower us through your word. All these things we thank thee for and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I happened to pick up the paper this morning, bring it into the house. I try not to read, look at it too deeply here before church because it usually has uh, discouraging news. I did catch the headlines, of course, which uh, this morning were uh, very discouraging, as usual. Oswego County, uh, one of the uh, most uh, struggling counties in the state from the uh, perspective of uh, child abuse, child poverty, child neglect, and of course the shooting and killing of 10 people or more in Buffalo yesterday. And as I talk to people, there's a lot of discouragement in this world. Before COVID, of course, we had uh, what they call deaths of despair. They're running at 160,000 plus per year in the U.S. as compared to 60,000 of the flu in the bad year. Of course, we have COVID now, 1 million deaths from COVID in the last two years. Recently, three young college athletes from different places across the U.S. took their lives you would think that uh, they would have had something to look forward to, something worth, worth living for. And finally, we see surveys of young couples and more and more they're starting to show up in the surveys is the fact that we don't want to have children because uh, what's going to happen to the earth, climate change, or look at how bad everything is on the earth, this general sense of foreboding. And so I started thinking, we, many people seem to have lost hope. So I, what I wanted to do today was I wanted to read the hope chapter. Well, we have a faith chapter, right? Apostle Paul said there by the three things, faith, hope, and charity. We have the charity chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Where's the hope chapter when you need it? 
I don't know if there's one, one chapter that encapsulates hope, but I found, especially here between the end of Romans chapter 4 and the beginning of Romans chapter 5, I saw a good uh, perspective of hope, and I'd like to read that. I'm going to read all of Romans 4, starting with the first verse, because I think it ties in somewhat from our Bible class this morning, bridging the law to grace and uh, taking the law and applying it in our Christian walk. Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then only upon the circumcision or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope <clears throat> believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. 
and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I've read through the fifth verse in chapter 5. What is hope? It's difficult to define hope from a biblical stance. I believe because it's so closely, in, so closely entwined with the uh, concept of faith. And if we go back in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and we look at the, the word hope, There's the, uh, the word is, the Hebrew word is tikva. And this is kind of interesting if you remember, I believe it was in the Vanderlaan series uh, with the destruction of Jericho and the rescue of Rahab, who put the line of scarlet thread in the window, in her window. The line, the Hebrew word for line, is tikva, meaning a cord. So the physical, uh, the, the physical definition of tikva is a cord, but not just any cord, it's a twisted cord, a cord that's made up of twisting threads together. And if we look at the, at the less physical definition of tikva, of hope, it's made up of two threads. It's made up of, one, the expectation of a future, of some type of positive future, and on the other hand, it's made up of this concept of waiting, of patiently waiting, of consistently waiting. So, in the Old Testament, hope is a is a twisting of these threads of the future expectation along with the present, the present waiting, the present waiting patiently for the future to be fulfilled. For example, if we look at uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think of you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The word expected there is tikvah, 
or hope. If we look at uh, other translations besides the, if we look at the Amplified or other translations, we'll see the Amplified says hope in your final outcome. Others say hope in a future or a future and a hope. So again, there's that, the focus on the, the future, the focus on the expectation of something coming in the future. And in Jeremiah, of course, this expectation here, the Lord goes on to say, then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So the hope of, even here in the Old Testament, we see the hope of salvation, the hope of finding the Lord, of, of experiencing, experiencing that returning or that reunion with the Lord. Tikva comes from a root word, kava. And again, closely entwined with, with kava is the focus is more on the, the waiting part of hope. And if we look in Isaiah 40, verse 31, again, very familiar verse from the Old Testament, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mound up with wings as evil, as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Again, those that wait, those that hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Once we get to the New Testament, fortunately or unfortunately, we have a single, we have a, a single word for hope. We lose, some of the, we lose some of the context of the waiting, of the patient waiting, and the focus is more on the, the future expectation or a favorable or confident expectation of a happy future. Uh, the word in the New Testament is, is alpis, and whenever you see hope in the New Testament, almost always it is that it comes from the, the same word. Uh, unlike the Old Testament, where there are various words used from hope, it comes from uh, the same Greek word. Now, if we if we look at hope and faith, we see that this intertwining, of course, perhaps most Famous, if we go back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here we have hope and faith put together, where faith is the substance, or if you look at the Amplified, it calls it the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of not seen. So if we want to dive into what faith is, maybe, faith is a is an abstraction here of what we're hoping for. This title deed, if we want to use that example, is a piece of paper that says, represents the ownership of a piece of property or the hope for ownership of a piece of property at some time in the future for those of us that have mortgages. And 
so we, we see this, this uh, the hope looking forward, stretching in, the, the future hope, and we see the, the substance of that or the, the abstraction, the representation of that future hope as, as the faith. In Romans 8.24, it says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we do hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. So again, we just talked about faith being the substance of things not seen. Here again, hope also is not seen. So in both cases, we have this situation, or we have, we have these very, we have these words, faith and hope, that are very, perhaps, abstract to us if we just take them at face value. Another similarity between hope and faith is we, we read here in Romans 5.1 that we have peace with God through faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And also, it says that, uh, that we are, are saved by hope. And so we see that both hope and, and faith give us provide peace with God or salvation. In the New Testament, if we look and we want to, we want to talk about or think about what is our hope in, perhaps uh, Paul's writings here in Corinthians are the uh, most succinct um, Obviously, if you look at the New Testament, I do not have time to go through every, every repetition of the different types of hope in the New Testament, but I think the number one hope that Paul po points out is the hope of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, 12, he talks about, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, you are yet in your sins." Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So here... Paul talks about if we have hope in Christ and he hasn't risen, if he's not really risen from the dead, then our faith is in vain, our hope is in vain, we are hopeless. 
So the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection, I think, in the New Testament is the, the Christian's number one hope. We see many other, other uh, mentions of hope, the blessed hope, the return, the hope for the return of Christ coming again. Uh, the Apostle Paul mentions that several times, that our expectation is that we will meet Christ when he returns, whether it's through the, our, whether it's when we pass away or whether it's when we experience the rapture, that our hope is to be resurrected and to live forever with Christ. So hope is a very key point of theology for us as Christians, and it's important for us to think about, I think, how, how do we develop hope? Uh, the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews that we have a better hope. Uh, I talked about the Ten Commandments this morning in Bible class, and you know, the importance, Brother Dave stressed the importance of uh, not only living, but of course speaking, speaking the truth from the Ten Commandments. And yet here in Hebrews, the Apostle Paul talks about a better hope. That now that we are not under the law, but under grace, we, we have a better hope. And so how, how does this hope develop? Or what is the interaction of hope and faith that works in our lives. And I was thinking about this, and I was, I, I kind of started thinking, well, you know how they say it's the, the chicken, which came first, the chicken or the egg, or which, which came first, faith or hope? And I don't know, from a, uh, my conclusion here is, if we go back to Ecclesiastes 3, where it talks about how God has set the world in our hearts or in, in the authorized version. In other versions, of course, it says God has set eternity in our, in our hearts. And we read in Romans 1 how that God through creation has made it evident to man that he exists. And so I believe that Perhaps that the, the first thing when we're born is that we are born with this, this hope that God has implanted in us, that we, that God is trying to motivate us first by, by hope, that he wants us to have this expectation, he wants us to have this future expectation of being reunited with him, of having a relationship with him. He wants us to, he's made us inborn with this hope to reconnect with him. As a child, I, I had this hope. I hoped for a dog. So, when you're a child, the obvious thing, if you hope for something, what do you do? You go and ask your parents for it, right? So I went to my mom and dad and said, hey, it would be great to have a dog. I was all enthusiastic, right? <laughs> uh, 
well, my dad was very practical, and he said, well, you know, a dog will cost more money, you know, it'll be expensive, and somebody's got to take care of the dog, and are you going to take care, are you old enough to take care of the dog? And um, anyway, uh, hope, was, uh, hope was quenched there. However, I decided that I could appeal this to a higher court. So I got my brothers together. For those of you that don't my family, there are three other brothers besides me, no sisters. And I said, okay, every night when we say our prayers, let's all pray for a dog. So every night, without fail, I'm pretty sure, we prayed for a dog. Every night we had hope. Every night we had hope there was going to be a dog. Now, I don't think I was old enough to realize what type of guilt trip this might have put on my parents, but uh, uh, the struggles this might have created for my parents. But anyway, we prayed, we prayed in hope, and I believe it was uh, innocent, uh, an innocent prayer for hope, an innocent prayer for a dog. And one day, I was one summer day, August, about mid-August, I was sitting in the family room and there was this noise on our back door, or back screen door. And I heard it a second time. And I went to open the door and there was a dog, a stray dog. A stray dog came to our house and jumped up on our door and banged on our door. This was an answer to prayer. My hope was fulfilled, right? Well, my parents didn't necessarily see it that way. And uh, so I went out, my brothers and I went out, we played with the dog all day, and the evening came, and uh, we wanted to feed it something. And my mom says, no, no, don't feed it, it's probably, maybe somebody else's dog, you know, let's, oh, no, it's, I don't know. My mom was still in denial. But I had hope. And three days went by. We fed the dog nothing. Every morning the dog showed up, and every day we played with it. After three days, my mom gave in. We fed the dog, and the dog stayed with us for over 10 years until the dog passed away. So I think I started out with hope, but then I had, and I prayed, I had uh, maybe a little faith in there, and then I had this experience. And this experience here, if we go back to, uh, we go back to uh, uh, Romans 5, How do we develop hope? Well, hope comes from tribulations. So I don't know if I can say the time I spent in prayer here were tribulations. For a young child, yes, it was a tribulation, uh, hoping for this dog, waiting for this dog. And it talks about how 
tribulation works patience or uh, endurance. And then it goes on to say experience. And I always thought that experience was more tied to faith, that we make these we make these experiences in our lives and they build our faith and that faith, while hope looks forward, faith looks back. Faith is based on our Ebenezer's. Faith is based on the experiences we made with God. So I kind of drilled down into this world experience and actually uh, the word is, uh, other place, at least one other place in the uh, New Testament is translate as experience. It's talking about experience as a sense of of something that uh, we've experimented or that we've, we've come through this trial, we've come through this, the end of an experience, this uh, gelling or the results of an experiment that, that we have had. And so I think that faith and hope end up in this virtuous circle where we start with a little hope. You know, God says if we only have faith as a grain of a mustard seed that he's going to bless that. And we make... We, we hypothesize or we, we hope that something is going to happen. I hope for a dog. I hope to have a dog. And then we, we, take these, we, we take this hope to God and we pray about these things and God starts working these experiences in our lives. And these experiences, these experiences uh, come together and they gel through these, the tribulations that we experience, through enduring those, through testing these, this testing, we come and we get the results of this experiment. We get the end results. And hopefully, I use the word hope like that, we, this, the results increase our hope, which again, feed back to our growth in our faith. And I think that we can create a virtuous cycle through this, through this that um, where our hope increases, our faith increases, or we make these experiences and our faith increases, and it feeds back into increasing our hope in the promises of God. So we read about Abraham who, against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. So if Abraham's the father of faith, maybe he's the father of hope as well. And when it says he, against hope, he believed in hope, uh, Amplified says for, uh, for Abraham, without human reason, he had no human reason to continue hoping, and yet he did, and he became the father of Isaac and the father of many nations. So it is with our hope. Sometimes, of course, our experiences are not. Maybe they do not build our hope. Maybe they, we feel that they shrink our hope. Maybe we feel that they shrink our faith. You know, when my dog passed away, when Spot passed away, this was a, I was a uh, older teenager. One day the, the dog disappeared and uh, didn't come back. I went to the youth rally, 
hoping the dog would be back. When I came back, I came home, and the dog was still not there. I was really discouraged. A couple days later, uh, my dad told me that uh, he had found the, the dog. The dog had went out into the uh, woods or a group of trees near what, where, where we lived, and the dog had peacefully uh, passed away, and my father went and buried the dog. Our parents asked us if we wanted another dog. And we all said no. The feeling of loss, I think, at least for me personally, the feeling of loss was, was too great. And I really didn't want to deal with that again. I was a teenager. I was struggling with my own faith in spite of this great hope and faith experience that I'd had here. And I was not, uh, not open to another dog. So sometimes, perhaps, while we hope to create a virtual, virtuous cycle of hope, of faith, and experiences that reinforce that, sometimes we face setbacks. Sometimes our, hope, our hopes are set back. Sometimes our answers to prayers are not, not what we hoped for or wanted. And that, too, is uh, a part of this hope cycle, a part of our tribulations, a part of these experiences, the endurance that we need to keep coming back to hope, to keep coming back to that desire, that expectation of a future, of a future expected end, of a future good, of a future positive, a positive future for us. And we know that God promises that. We know that all the experiences that we have in life are meant to be positive for us from God's standpoint. We often do not feel that way. We often do not experience it that way, especially initially. But if we can have that hope, if we continue to hope in God, and we continue to look to him with this expectation that he will is doing what is best for us, that all things are working for our good, that all things are working for his good through us, that we can have the hope of salvation, that we can have the hope of eternal life, that we can have the hope of walking with him one day in glory and experiencing the greatest hope of all, being with Jesus, being reunited with Jesus in heaven, and no longer seen darkly through a cloud here, no longer being unable to... Uh, to have this strong sense of hope, but not being able to physically grasp the, physically touch the, the, the realness, the, 
trueness of the experience, but having to rely on faith and hope, the, um, the substance, but yet the, only the title deed, the down payment, the, the, the mere representation of, of hope and of faith. So I think that all of us, that if we look at the headlines, if we listen to our social media feeds, that we see the lack of hope in this life, and yet we as Christians are called to have hope. And similarly to our Bible class this morning, where we need to, we need to live out and we need to speak out about the Ten Commandments, we need to live out our hope, and we need to have people see that we have hope and that our hope comes from Jesus Christ and our, our faith in him. And I pray that each of us will be strengthened in our hope and that we will be able to honor and serve him and share him with others.